Well, hello, Portland, Oregon. This is Chris Angeles, and this is Right at the Fork. This is your food and drink scene podcast, and uh, I am really happy to be here. This is our first episode, and we've been working on this for 63 years. <laughs> Too long, it feels like. And I'm here with actually a couple of people. One is our guest, and the other is uh, Heather Jones, who was kind enough to um, bring this opportunity to to me a few months ago. Uh, we've been talking about this and doing some test podcasts along the way, and I'm just happy to be here with uh, Court, our engineer, at the uh, studios of Alpha Broadcasting, ready to go. It feels legit. It feels for real now. I can actually hear myself, and uh, you know, I've got a big mic in front we've of me. Got, we, yeah, we've got microphones, we've got... We're talking to each other with headphones on. It, it feels for reals now. It feels good. Yeah. So I've been doing this sort of thing for a couple of years uh, for About Face magazine. I've interviewed a lot of chefs and had a lot of fun doing it. So this is kind of the transition from print to uh, audio streaming to digital. Yeah. Heather, um, we, Heather has some specific ideas, and I do too, but Heather had the initial idea. So, Heather, what was your... Well, the initial idea was to try and get the unsung heroes, the stories of those people told, uh, the people who make the the food scene function here in Portland. We hear a lot about, you know, the star chefs and the, the, you know, top-tier players, but there is, you know, a whole host of other people who make this industry go. And... I really want to get them into the studio in front of a microphone talking to you and and talking about the the business challenges and the day-to-day um, workings of the industry. And I feel like everybody has a story to be told and um, and we need to bring those people in. And, and we're going to talk to, you know, star chefs as well, but I also want to talk to the cheesemakers and, you know, the bartender who's been at the same place for 20-plus years. And, um, you know, so a wide, a wide variety of, of people. It's really um, an idea that I was really excited about. And in thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do with the podcast, I knew... Number one, I didn't want to host it. <laughs> and number two, I really wanted a partner who would, you know, understand that vision and work with me to kind of see it to fruition. I'm really glad that you're here, Chris. I love being here. It's, uh, there are so many, I've been, you know, four years ago, I had nothing to do with the food scene other than stopping in and eating a lot of the food and supporting the businesses. And now I started a business, Portland Food Adventures, a few years ago, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been an adventure. I've met uh, a lot of people, and the people in the Portland food scene, I have to say the thing that impresses me the most is the community spirit. Totally. I started that business, and we'll talk about Portland food adventures along the way. This isn't going to be a self-promotion thing, but um, I started that business just because I had an idea, and I called four chefs who didn't know who I was, Kathy Wims, Chris Israel, uh, John Gorham, actually the idea stemmed from him. Um, another guy, uh, Nick, who was at H5O Bistro, and Jason French. All of them didn't know who I was. I threw this idea at them, and all of them said, sure, let's try it. Let's go. Yeah. I can't imagine. I come from the Connecticut where everybody, you don't even know your neighbor. Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine another city it, it just flowing like that. And so 
I was off to the races, and as I went, I found out how everybody wanted to support everyone else. So when I went to Bar Avignon and I talked to Nancy Hunt and said, we're doing an event at Nostrana with Kathy Wims, I was expecting, I had certain expectations as to how I was going to get gift certificates. And she just said, what do you need? If it's Kathy, whatever you want, you can have. Yeah. And uh, boy, it's uh, so... Three years later, 30 chefs, more than 30 chefs, 33 chefs, and I've I've dealt with over 100 different businesses on some level. I've met some incredible people, and I can't wait to talk to them. You were talking about the star chefs. Well, each one of those chefs who, you know, we we hear about now, they were at the level of the people that you are talking about at some point. Right, right. And, you know, we've had conversations about who we want to help us uh, kick off the first set of podcasts that we're going to be putting up there. And, and uh, you know, we talked about bringing in people who have, you know, uh, some clout behind them and then also bringing in some people who are considered to be on that upward mobility path as well, who we will very well probably see opening their own restaurants in the next couple of years. And I love what you said about that spirit of community because that's what I want this show to celebrate because I think it, it does make Portland stand apart from other places. I mean, I've been a publicist for almost 20 years now and coming from Silicon Valley in the tech industry and then working in, um, you know, restaurant PR in San Francisco. uh, You don't see the kind of camaraderie in those other larger metropolitan areas like you do here. And coming here, I was also really touched by the the community spirit that seems to prevail here and across multiple industries not just not just food but food in particular i think um celebrates it uh, and and does a really nice job of of um of embracing embracing each other well and food brings us all together right so not only do people meet at restaurants to have social experiences but the food scene here, and I've talked about it with our first guest, who I'm really proud to have here with us. The food scene here, there's a, there's a scene within a scene. So when you show up at events, it's that community uh, of people who are used to seeing each other and supporting each other, and it's fantastic. So perhaps... Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Our first guest um, is a gentleman by the name of Don Barasa, who is the... Yelp Community Manager. This I'll let him tell you exactly what a Yelp Community Manager does and, uh, and how he does it. But uh, Don, I met a few years ago, uh, sat down when, with, as I did with so many people when I was starting Portland Food Adventures. Uh, we actually met at Country Cat, if I recall, for lunch. And, um, and Don sat down and said, how can I help you? What? He had no reason to do that, other, and he didn't know who I was, other than... This is the attitude that prevails, and he also happens to be a really, really nice guy. So, uh, Don, welcome to Right at the Fork. Oh, thanks, Chris and Heather. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here, and um, I I think you couldn't be more right. Portland is such a great community place. Um, I know so many people who are successful business people in this town who, um, they have rules. They never turn down meetings. Um, You know, they know that there's so much talent in this town that's, that's ready to just rock, and we can't be exclusionary. It's a small community. Um, and there's just great people here. So, yeah, it's good. It's one after the other. You know, I, I've been doing the, and you probably have the same experience. So I've been, I guess, part of the scene for about three years. 
I can't imagine the, the number of people that I've met and the number of people, the percentage of great people to, okay, there's, you can't be a bad, you really can't be a bad apple in this community and make it because you're, you're going to, everybody's going to know it really in, in short time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, Portland has a pretty much a world-class food scene, um, but it is still kind of a small town. I mean, that's what makes it so great. We, we are able to have community. We don't have to be exclusionary and cutthroat and competitive to get ahead here. You know, rising tide floats all boats for sure. Yeah. Well, I think also the other part of that, the downside is no one's really getting too far ahead. There, <laughs> you don't see chefs driving, you know, uh, Mercedes and BMWs here. They're, they're doing it. And this is what's beautiful about it. They're doing it because they love what they do. They have a passion for what they do. Right. They'd be driving Priuses anyway. Well, <laughs> well, they're in most cases, they're driving old pickup trucks, I guess. So tell us what a Yelp community manager does. For sure. So, yeah, I've been a community manager for Yelp for five years, and my job is to connect people with great local businesses. And I do that through, um, you know, encouraging people to use the site, Yelp, word of mouth, um, by reaching out to as many local businesses as I can, by throwing events um, either at local businesses or supporting events that local businesses or concerns are throwing um, as a media partner um, through a weekly Yelp newsletter uh, that talks about various topics and businesses and happenings um, through event listings on the site. I mean, it's really just a using Yelp as a tool to build community and get that community closer to local businesses to level the playing field, so to speak, for Lots of local businesses that maybe don't have money to put up billboards or advertise on TV or, you know, in, in other more traditional ways. You know, they're just out there trying to open their food cart or get their small taqueria off the ground. And Yelp provides a, a place that people can find them, find out about them. How big of a community is the Portland Yelp the audience? Por- the Portland Yelp audience is big. I can't really put a, a, a number, exact number on it. Um, but How many are in your elite? Uh, many, many hundreds. <laughs> uh it's um, it's a lot of people. Portland is a very mature market uh, when it comes to Yelp. We were in a lot of we started out in the biggest cities and in Portland because mm-hmm. Portland was such a perfect fit for such a great community tool. There's other larger cities that didn't we didn't actually have anybody in those cities until a couple years after Portland. We've we've had a representative in Portland since 2007, and I've been on since 2008. Same thing with Eater. They were uh, the big cities, and then the number 22 market. PDX, which I always thought a lot of people from around the country have no idea what PDX is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, we, it was, Portland was much sooner for Yelp than that. I think, you know, maybe number seven or eight or something like that. So, you know, we, we outclass a lot of cities when it comes to great community and great food, I think. So um, I've always maintained that the, uh, that Yelp plays a part that uh, in the marketing arena that many chefs don't appreciate. And so you get, I, you know, there's a rap out there about Yelp from chefs, about star ratings and so forth. It's a and love-hate relationship. Yeah, but I've, my, <laughs> I, have my, I have my answer that I'll save. But, uh, but how do you respond to a lot of the chefs that are, that are not happy with the fact that someone can walk in their restaurant that really has no business talking about food and, the, and they're, you know, they're reviewing them based on... Uh, the color of the the wall. Well, Yelp is word of mouth amplified. Word of mouth has been around since words and mouths existed, right? And so the concept of Yelp is nothing new. If you open a public facing business, you are opening to the public and people can walk in and think what they want about your business. They, Different people in the world focus on different things. Not everybody um, is 
tuned to the same frequency as a professional food reviewer who's really maybe super focused on just the food or on what fancy processes went into the food. Um, most businesses survive off of um, money made from the average consumer. And so they should be aware of what the average consumer thinks about how their service is going, um, what their restaurant, the ambience, is it too loud in there, how the food is coming out, is their water glass being kept full? I mean, there's there's a hundred things that go into your average experience at a restaurant. And, you know, what the average person thinks might be different than what a professional critic thinks. And, you know, Yelp's not the first uh, review website out there. There have been others. Um, but Yelp is the, the biggest and the most trusted out there. And so, it, you know, it is a commonly misunderstood thing. I think the way these things went in the past, um, a lot of business owners were really focused on making it an arms race. I got to have the most reviews and the best reviews faster than the guy next to me. And that hasn't really worked out for other review sites in the past. Um, they People don't go to those sites anymore. They're not as trusted content. Um, and it's really not supposed to be an arms race. Mm -hmm. It's about getting the most trusted content. We trust the people we know the most, um, you know, your family, your friends, your neighbors. And so we're trying to extend that back fence conversation beyond just your actual physical back fence so that you can ask your neighbors across the city, where should I go? And so it's, it's understanding, you know, nobody really wants to hear a bad thing said about them. But I think, especially Heather knows as a, as a publicist, you know, you have to balance that out. I'm sure that when a restaurant owner gets a bad professional critical review, they hate it. They do. But, but, you know, and I'm sure as a publicist, you get to play the the role in between and explaining, well, maybe you should, <laughs> you know, think about what they're saying. And, you know, with Yelp, it's it's demo it's a little bit more democratic. You know, anybody can log on and write something. So there's there might be some people out there whose opinions aren't as trustworthy as others. But for the most part, I mean, so many people write great reviews on there. It's and There's a lot to be learned. And that's always how I counsel, you know, any of my clients. And, and the question I get all the time is, you know, what what can we do about these Yelp reviews that are, um, you know, less than favorable? And, and my answer is, you know, look at most people. Yes, they look at the star ratings, but they also glance through the reviews. And most people are familiar enough with Yelp now where they can, uh, you know, take a look and see if if the more negative reviews have any validity i mean you know a command of the english language <laughs> is always is always helpful um you know when when writing uh, you know a solid uh review that has value and if if it's just a rant i think most people can recognize a rant that um that doesn't really have any you know basis and and so uh you know, that's what I tell my chefs is, you know, a lot of times people are reading through and they know whether to discount the negative reviews or whether they actually have valid criticism. It And, you know, a lot of people get hung up on on the star ratings because it does help the ranking as well. And and maybe we can address that a little bit in, in you know, the actual star ranking, because I think that's where a lot of chefs um you know, have questions or, or business owners have questions is what can I do to improve those star rankings beyond just making sure that, uh, you know, the business itself is, is, you know, firing on all levels. Well, you're absolutely correct in your last point. I mean, never underestimate the reader. Uh, right. The reader is going to, anything that you see through, the reader is going to see through. Um, and I think just quickly to that point, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people try to turn on their con common sense and think nobody's going to write a review unless they have something negative to say. Um, 80% of the reviews on Yelp are three stars and above, and 67% are four and five stars. So the vast majority of reviews out there are positive reviews hmm. on Yelp. Um, 
you know, the, the number one trick to getting great reviews on Yelp is to do good business. I mean, it's the same way that you got good business 50 years ago before the internet existed. Um, you know, because word of mouth is what drives your business for the most part. And so if you're selling a good product with good service at a good value, you're going to get a lot of customers. You're going to get a lot of positive Yelp reviews. Um, you know, reading through a list of, uh, I talked to numerous business owners that'll scroll through, you know, four and five star reviews down to show me this one, one star rant that they just can't get, you know, unlodged from their crotch. It's, you know, it's just <laughs> stuck in there. And I have to say, wait, 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 you just glossed over a whole bunch of positive content to show me this one thing that's really, you know, keeping you up at night. And um, I think overall, the, the best way to to handle it is if you see things popping up over and over again in reviews, um, you know, you're not on the floor all the time. You're not in your kitchen all the time. You don't know what's going in any restaurant all the time. And so if, if you know, 10 people say that you're one, this one server is not very nice or that your fries are too salty or something, maybe you should address it. Um, or you can ignore it. You can do business your own way. Um, you could completely ignore Yelp or you can pay attention to it. It's free market research. Do you right. recommend that they respond to the negative reviews? I absolutely recommend that, first off, you can you can respond privately to both positive and negative reviews. This is all for free if you claim your business owner account. Um, I You can respond publicly as well, and I, I do recommend, you know, caution and decorum because <laughs> you are posting something on the internet for the whole world to see. So Maybe I have a publicist looked at your answer before you, <laughs> you could, you could, or just consider it. it's, it's an extension of the customer service interaction, right? So yeah. if that person, instead of writing a Yelp review, called the manager over or called you over and said, I'm unhappy because the server didn't fill my water and because my food came out cold and blah, blah, blah. Would you yell at them in the middle of the restaurant full of other people? Um, no, probably not. You would probably respond in a customer service-y kind of way. Um, if you if somebody writes a Yelp review and you yell at them on the internet, you're not only doing it so that other people in the restaurant hear, but everybody in the whole world can. Right, and um, that sets the tone beyond the server. That that sets the tone for the whole right restaurant. Right, and and of course there there might be times I, I've seen some pretty funny business owner responses on Yelp for you know some ridiculous rant, and the business owner gets on there and you know picks it apart and does some funny stuff, and that can be endearing sometimes for sure. You know, adding some levity, but. Um, you know, I would avoid getting defensive at all and, um, you know, either post something like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't have a good time. You know, we'll try to make it better. Or if it's something you're fixing, talk about it. Or just, you know, if it's if it's one of those few crackpots out there, just ignore it. Here's one thing that I've said. Uh, you know, I have an advertising background and I've I've often when I've talked to chefs about or restaurateurs about Yelp and uh, they're frustrated with it. I've asked them to envision a world without Yelp. And take it away completely and really think about how you would market your business. Because without Yelp, which is free, right? if you're doing a good job, that's free word of mouth advertising. If you're not, then you're not going to survive in this town anyway. That's the bottom line. But without Yelp, you'd have to actually spend money on advertising, which is against the culture in Portland to to actually throw money down and promote your business. You have to do it organically. And Yelp gives you that opportunity, um, and I think a lot of the a lot of the restaurant business owners that I've seen read their Yelp reviews. But you have to read them like a like a Olympic diving event. Take out the top, take out the bottom, and look at what's in the middle, and that's how you can judge your business. Is that sure? I mean, you know. Any average business, if you're getting a lot and a lot of reviews, and you can go look at Powell's books, I think they have like 2,000 reviews on Yelp. And there's some total haters on there. They have an average of five stars. I don't think I've ever seen a business with that many reviews with an average of five stars. Yeah. Generally, people love Powell's. It's a great tourist destination. They have awesome books. There are some one-star reviews on there. There are some glowing five-star. You know, you can try to cut out the top and the bottom. 
I think just take a take an educated look. I mean, any it's fairly obvious once you've read a few reviews on Yelp what you can trust and what you're not going to trust. And the beauty is that you can see what uh, what else people have written. Um, so you can see, well, they like Powell Books and they also like this place I like and they hate this place I hate. So I'm going to agree with this person. And then you have a new trusted friend in the reviewing business that uh, But do you can... think most people do that? That they actually look at somebody's reviews that they haven't, uh, you know, that they don't know personally and look at their other reviews? I think so. That? Yeah. I mean, I've I, never done that. I, I have. I, I have taken a look at someone's review that I think was thoughtful mm -hmm. and gone to see what else they've written. And I've also looked at the ones that are ridiculous, that are terribly written and that they're uh, adamant about what they're saying. And then I've gone to see how they've done. I've looked at um, uh, you know one particular business that has gotten into it. And I think that because that restaurant owner responds to his reviews, people do it to inflame him. But I've, <laughs> but I've gone and looked just for entertainment purposes yeah. to see how else they've reviewed. And I know, you know, I myself, if you look at my, I don't, I tend to stay away from Yelp in Portland because, just because. But when I go out of town, it's my opportunity to go, to just cut loose. And uh, I do some negative ones, but I've done some positive ones too. I'm not, I personally am not fair because it's when I have time and I have a thought, so I feel so strongly negatively or positively about a place that I'll do it. I haven't chimed in with a lot of the, I liked it and here's why. But uh, to your your point before, I think it's um, you got to you just have to take it with a grain of salt, and businesses have to not look at any one thing and get too upset about it. And you said it before, Don. the The real value in Yelp for them is to take a look at what's being said over and over again. And I know I had a problem with a business who. Um, uh, a few years ago, a little discussion, and I went to look at their Yelp reviews, and all the thoughts that I had were right there on the page. Right. Well, it, I mean, that's, I think for the most part, I mean, the numbers don't lie, the way, you know, 47 million reviews and 117 million unique visitors per month, site-wide, um, across 23 countries. I mean, it is a trusted source for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, Back to what you asked, Heather, you know, a lot of times it's when you're reading uh, reviews of a new business, a new restaurant opens up and there's like four or five reviews and they're from people you don't know. And you're like, first week. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, OK, so what else are these people reviewing? Like, am I going to am I going to base my, you know, instant meal decision on that kind of stuff? So people do look around, um, you know, Chris is a casual user. That's great. I mean, you don't have to share every single experience, you know, as long as you're honest, that's the most important part. And and of course, the more you add to the site the more people can know about you and follow you and, and rely upon your reviews. You know, if you just do a drive-by review, Yelp's not really supposed to be about drive-by reviews. You know, you just pop up on Yelp and you say one great thing or one nasty thing about a business and never come back. It's not really helpful. I mean, we're having a conversation here. It would be like if somebody opened the door to the studio and just shouted something in and then ran off. We'd be like, okay, that was great. You know, yeah. not really useful. But right. if they joined the conversation and sat down, we might be like, okay, well, you know what you're talking about. So, or Lee you don't. Har Lee Harvey Oswald might be an example. So, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, he had something to say. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if you can address the sorting and the ranking issue because, you know, when we talk to chefs and we're going to have Nick Zukin here as, as an interviewee and, you know, he's had plenty to say about, you know, the sorting and the ranking and, you know, reviews disappearing and so forth. What's, what's your response to people who've had frustrations in that area? Well, my response to Nick Zukin is that he has four and a half stars on lots of reviews <laughs> on his on his taco business. So he's doing great on Yelp. 
But um, yeah, I mean, Yelp does have a Yelp sort. We uh, we return businesses when you search for tacos in Portland. What you're going to get is a list of businesses that's based on a keyword match, based on a, a business name match, based on a, maybe a category match. Um, and then it, we get into star ratings, number of reviews, freshness of reviews. There's, there's a whole litany of things that go into how Yelp sorts the responses. And so, you know, if you search, say, burritos in Portland, Oregon, you know, different Mexican restaurants might come up first than if you search tacos because some places might focus more on burritos and the reviews or the reviews talk more about burritos. The reviews talk more about tacos. And so it's not going to be this static thing where the Mexican restaurants in Portland are always going to come up ranked one through 10 in the same order every single time. That wouldn't be very useful. Um, To get to the second part of your question, so Yelp has um, recommended reviews and not recommended reviews. And what our goal is um, in the actual, within the actual business page. Um, So you're looking at, you know, the number one business that comes up when you search tacos. And um, there's maybe... 100 reviews on that business. And in any given day, we might be showing 75 of those reviews as recommended reviews. And our goal with doing that is to try to curate the most trusted and useful content. So we're trying to focus on, um, like I said earlier, the drive-by reviews. We're trying not to focus on those. We're trying to, to dig out what we can um, using uh, an algorithm to determine what the most trusted content is based on you know what we know about the reviewer. So we know a lot about you know reviewers based on you know where they're reviewing from and what else they've reviewed, how much they're contributing, the words they write, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's this algorithm we've been working on. It's been there since the inception of the site. And the goal is to just showcase the most trusted reviews because you can go to other websites out there and they don't. They show every single review that's ever been written, and you might have to wade through all of this stuff that you're like, I, I, I'm looking for something that I looks like I can trust on there. Mm-hmm. And so our goal is to show those, showcase those as recommended reviews. So, and so on any given day, we're showcasing about 75% of the content on Yelp, um, and it's a it's a dynamic process. So reviews that are not recommended today might be recommended next week, but the goal is to just to give the consumer the most trusted content and to show stuff that actually makes sense. Is there any truth to the concept that uh, those who spend money on advertising get better reviews? Well, that's a vague term. So those who spend money on advertising, there's never been any amount of money that a business can pay to manipulate reviews. So if you advertise, it doesn't allow you to delete reviews. It's not going to change you know, instantly your star rating or which reviews are showing on your business page at any time as a recommended review. So there's, there's nothing involved with that. Um, you know, over time, if you're, say, like Nick Zukin and you have four and a half stars in your business and you buy impressions-based advertising, that's all it is, and more people get to see your four and a half star business and more people go to your business, then you, yes, you might have more positive reviews at the end of the day. But that's just the basic function of how advertising works. It has nothing to do. There's no connection between advertising and star ratings. So there's no connection between sales and editorial. No. Which is, which is always the conundrum our, in mass media. Our salespeople are not allowed to write reviews. They're not allowed to check into businesses. They have no influence over content. They are just selling an, an impression-based ad product. So, And do um, you have any contact with them? Or are they? Do you even know who they are in the market? Um, not really, no. There's, there's kind of a big wall between uh, our sales department and our community management department. They're out selling the product. I'm out building the community. And um, <clears throat> I mean... I don't even have the ability to like remove reviews or change reviews as a community manager. I mean, that's something that they just don't give to us. Um, so there's it, it's this myth that I've been fighting for many, many years through my my efforts. Um, it just there is no connection. There's never been any connection. Um, Yelp is Yelp is a long play. We're here because 
the founder wanted to find a doctor, not because he wanted to just make a bunch of money and sell out, because he's had opportunities to do that for many, many years. Um, this is we're we're in it to provide a trusted resource for consumers, and that's we're not going to do that by you know selling out for the, the quick buck. Hey everybody, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our wonderful sponsor, Portland Food Adventures, and then we'll get right back into the interview. All right, just to talk about Portland Food Adventures, a thing I know and love, where we do events with chefs, you get to know them, and you leave with gift certificates to the places they know and love. Uh, we recently did an event at Chico, and uh, and we have some events coming up in the first quarter that you may want to check out. Uh, Irving Street Kitchen with Sarah Schaefer uh, will be both there and at Standard TV and Appliance in their kitchen uh, with a chef demo. So those are two different events. Ataula, I'll get that pronunciation right. Ataula, you pronounce it like towel, Do not you? toi. Okay. And um, also at um, Kakot in February slash March, and that's one of the most beautiful restaurants in Portland. So please check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com, Portland Food Adventures on Facebook, and Portland Food ADV on Twitter, and check out what we got going on, and please join us. So uh, as community manager, what is your typical, I'm sure you don't have a typical week, but but what kind of things do you do in a typical week? What, What do you do as a community manager? Um, well, in a typical week, I do a lot of different things. Um, this, it's one of these jobs where it's just kind of ongoing. I'm, I'm usually interfacing with a lot of businesses. I'm doing a lot of eating. Uh, Yay. And hopefully some, <laughs> some exercising as well to try to counteract. Do you want to compare waistlines? <laughs> uh, we'll have to compare no. uh, workouts, actually. A- absolutely not. Um, uh, and uh, I- I interacting with a lot of businesses, throwing events for my, my core Yelp community, um, you know, recently we've been doing some some donation drives for some charity work to try to get better connection between the community and some of the charitable charitable organizations in town. Um, we throw events for what we call our elite squad, which is our core core um, user base. Uh, Describe who they are a little bit more. So it's people who reviewed how many. Is there a number set to it? No, there's not a specific number set to it. It really has to do with they're hand-selected. It's real name, real photo, so there's a lot of accountability. Writing honest reviews. Um, They've been reviewing for a while, real active on the site. Um, So basically our Yelp role models. And uh, so we throw a lot of events with them to get them connected together and build actual community and to get them more connected with local businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I might be doing something like this, some some. Outreach to local businesses. I spoke to some some tra- travel and tourism businesses recently on, and you know, of course, always fielding a ver- variety of questions. A lot of like what we're talking about today, um, and really, it's just about making connections and forging bonds within the community. Whether it's between myself and somebody else, or whether I'm introducing a restaurant owner and a PR person, or a, a restaurant owner and a potential future bartender, or you know, it's just you know, the more connected our community can get. Um, the more local businesses can profit and prosper. So um, I read your reviews and I see your Facebook posts. So it's what, Asian food and cocktails. Is that your thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Vietnamese food. Huge fan. Cocktails, (laughs) always. I like beer and wine, too. Hashtag food porn. Hashtag food porn. Yeah, there's a lot of food porn. Yeah. The Larry Flynn of food porn. (laughs) So have you been anywhere uh, recently that, uh, that comes to mind that really excited you? Oh gosh, um, you know, I I've been going to Ava Jean since that place opened, soft opening. I've I've been just so in love with that place. 
Um, and I know it's kind of old news now that it's restaurant of the year and all that other stuff, but uh, I think I'm going to go eat dinner there tonight too. Uh, and um, gosh, on the Asian food front, uh, my favorite soup place is Han Viel out in uh, 82nd. It's a kind of a classic spot. Which is um, not news either. Nope, nope, not news either. Uh, new and exciting Multnomah Whiskey Library. Um, that place is absolutely fantastic. Um, that's one of those interesting things. They're a little bi- People are a little bipolar on them on Yelp because there's uh, pretty much a standing three-hour wait to get into that place. So, Kidding. You know, at, while it's one of the most fantastic bars I've ever been into, it also has one of the most fantastic hurdles you have to overcome to get into it. Sometimes, so it's the new brunch. Yeah. <laughs> getting into it's the, the whiskey club library. Scene. It's the it's yeah. the club scene for the people who aren't in the club scene, perhaps. Yeah, I, I read a hilarious review about it the other day, about from this guy who said, "In Portland, we wait in line for brunch. In Portland, we wait in line for ice cream. In Portland, we wait in line for a bar. <laughs> That's what we do." Um, yeah, the, it's it's almost impossible to keep up. I mean, I'm very excited. There's a bunch of places that have just opened up, Davenport and Trifecta and all these other great businesses that I can't wait to go to. I went to Davenport the other night. It was really special. Awesome. Evo was incredible. So Yeah, no, so now it's Evo at dinner. And <sighs> and uh, and so Kevin behind, you know, in the kitchen just looks so comfortable back there. Excellent. And uh, you'll enjoy the experience. Very and good. then afterwards, a quick shot over to Pix. Yeah. It's a really nice night. There you go. Um, so someone comes in from out of town, and they're in Portland for one day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, experience. Where do you tell them to go? Oh, my goodness. Um, are they willing to eat 15 meals in one day? <laughs> no, let's, let's, say, let's say four. You might give them options because there are lines. I know I have mine, and I'm sorry to spring that on you, but I, you know, I have mine top of mind because I've done it many times. All right. Well, I'm going to pick a weekday because um, a, right. lot, a lot of people know what to do on the weekends. So uh, I think I would send somebody to um, Broder for breakfast uh, on a weekday because you can actually get in there on a weekday. I'm with you on you that. Don't, you don't yep. have to wait there. Um, and I think you would have to either before or after grab coffee from Kova Coffee. Um, it's one of the most Portlandia coffee places, and it happens to have some of the best coffee, I think, in Portland. Um, and um, you know, for things to do, of course, uh, on a beautiful sunny day, um, there's nothing quite like, you know, hitting Rose Garden if it's summer or Chinese Garden or one of those, you know, beautiful green spaces that's in the core of the city of Portland. Um, or if you need to do the shopping thing, then Alberta or Hawthorne or Mississippi or one of the great, you know, very Portlandia style boutique things for shopping. Um, gosh, lunch. Good question. Uh, it's so hard it, to just let. It, it's impossible it's to nearly tell impossible. someone that you, if you have one experience, this yeah, is it. But I, I really we have like so many options. I really like, um, you know, either doing uh, another sort of breakfasty style thing or a lunchy style thing at Pine State Biscuits or Bokey Bowl or Bunk Bunk or Bunk Bar. Um, those are kind of my go, some of my go to lunch spots that are just very, very solid. Not you know, hit it out of the park expensive. Um, especially if it's a cold day, like. Ramen noodles. And yeah, hits yeah, home. absolutely. And then dinner, I you know I can't get past um, really you know either old standby like Le Pigeon or right now Ox or Ava Jeans, like one of those three. And it, it's hard because anytime I got somebody coming to town, which happens a lot, I know a lot of people from all over. I send them a list of like fifty things, and I'm just like, pick anything on this list, and you'll be golden. <laughs> you can so. also send them to the Portland Food Adventures website, by the way, <laughs> True. which is what I do now. I just, I get a lot of inquiries, and I just go go down to the bottom of the homepage. It's right there. Yeah, you. Um, well, I have this other website I send them to. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we we can't talk about that. We can. Yeah. We can. We're just for the community now. <laughs> no, I I mean I make a lot of use of the Eater Thirty Eight as well, and yeah. right. actually send people when going out of town. That's what I use quite a bit. Or the as well. Or the heat map too. Yeah, exactly. The Eater. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That one works. Well, that's Boreal. different. The, the Eater Thirty Eight and the heat map are two different, two different things. Right. Right. So you just. You have to decide whether you want to be trendy or classic right. when you use those. Yeah. So, well, um, I have, this has been fantastic. Yeah. This has been fun. If all, all of these go this well and we enjoy the guests this much, um, then we got a good thing. We have a nice thing in front of us. Absolutely. I got to say, I mean, it's, it's just really nice to have you be so open and, and forthright um, about, about Yelp. And, uh, you know, we've worked together, you know, many times for lots of different restaurants. And, uh, you know, I think having that great relationship with the Yelp community is it's imperative and it's it's what I think uh, you know chefs um, need to embrace business managers need to embrace and it'll embrace you back I absolutely and and thanks for the opportunity to be here I mean I any any chance I get to talk about the Portland community and you know make local business ties stronger here it's I mean I love this town it, it, it's kind of selfish because the better the community does, the better I can eat, the better things there are for me to do. You know, I prefer to eat and shop and do everything local. And so the more that we can, the three of us, PR and Portland Food Adventures and Yelp and all the other people in this segment of the community can do to support local businesses just makes life better for all of us in the end. You know, I, I meant to ask you, are the other Yelp community managers in other cities completely jealous of you? Uh, I think a lot of them are. You know, in each city, we hire somebody who's very tuned to the local city. So everybody has a lot of pride about their own city. You know, I can boast about Portland all day, and they're they're a little jealous because Portland's the cool place to be right now. But of course, they'll give you a list of fifty things in their city that'll blow your socks off. So, yeah. um, what were you doing before this? I think that's one yeah. question I wanted to get in before we before we wrap up because I always think it's interesting. People either l- grow up in food or they have a career that's completely different from food and then they just make a transition. And you you came from a background that wasn't necessarily food related at all. Right. Well, I've always been into eating food, um, <laughs> but uh, I am a recovering attorney. Um, so uh, I am, I'm, you know, once an attorney, always a recovering attorney, I guess. Uh, but I, food is my passion. Um, events are my passion. Music is my passion. I used to throw large scale parties and um, eat a lot of food and um, eat. When I moved to Portland well, 12 years ago now, I had to use old school resources to try to find food. And uh, I was in law school one day. You know, In seven years, I had found some decent places. Uh, and I was in law school one day, and a friend of mine sent me a link to the site. He said, you know, check this out. You're going to love it. And I logged on and did a search for Chinese food and found like 10 Chinese places that I had never heard of through the regular local media. And I immediately went out and started trying them. And, you know, we don't, we're not known as having great Chinese in this town, but it was better than anything I had ever found. And that's like, that was my beginning with Yelp. And I've never looked back. I, you know, I went from being an attorney to making the world a better place. <laughs> so <laughs> here that's, I am. Well, that's great. And thanks for making our studio a better place today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening, and certainly suggest to your friends that you listen to Right at the Fork. Uh, We plan on having a weekly podcast, talking to a wide variety of guests, and 
You can certainly find it wherever you found the podcast this time, but you can also follow us on Right at the Fork on Facebook, also Foodcast PDX on Twitter.